This is the Church Planning Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Every Tuesday, we focus on the next generation of church planners. Here are your hosts, Noah Clifton and Cody Davis. Welcome back to the Church Planning Podcast. This is the next gen edition. I am Noah Clifton, one of your co-hosts, here with my other co-host, Cody Davis. Cody, how are you doing today? I am uh, I'm doing pretty well today. How are you? Good. We are in our fancy new recording studio, which is really just the back room of our office here at Pillar Dumfries. Well, we got some new mics, though. We did get new mics. Shout out to Pillar Dumfries. Yeah, yeah, they're not even for this podcast, but for another we podcast. decided to, uh, to, to steal them. Steal this. them? We're borrowing them. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about preaching. 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 Yep. And actually, Cody's preaching on Friday. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Cody? Okay. Uh, so I am preaching. We're doing a young adult event uh, with combined with like, what, four churches? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Noah asked me to, to preach at it. So I'm doing something different than what I normally do. <clears throat> I normally, um, so normally I just, I, I'm, if I've pre, you know, in the past when I've preached at churches, I'm given a text, normally a text that's just already signed for that week, and I just have to go in and expositionally preach it. Uh, well, this time around, since it's a particular event that's not like we're already working through something, I was kind of given full reign to do what I wanted to do, kind I you, of. I give you a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. You suggested that I preach on evangelism. Um, something like that, something. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, and so I took it and ran with it. So, I mean, I was given a pretty broad, I mean, evangelism, pretty broad range of what I wanted to do with it. So I'm not necessarily going, I didn't like choose a particular text to expositionally preach. Um, I've got a text that I'm using as a framework, but then I'm just going to use a lot of other scripture basically just to back up what what I want to say. So a lot of that for me preparing right now is just finding that other scripture to, to help back up what I want to say. And a lot of it is prayer. Mm. Um, I remember in class in, in seminary, we had a guest lecturer who was uber smart, working on his PhD about, I think it was about Ian Bounds, um, who wrote a lot of books on prayer. And he was saying that since reading Ian Bounds, uh, he used to spend like, what, 20 hours a week on a sermon? He said maybe like two hours of that was praying. He said it's changed. He said it's now half and half, 10 hours wow. praying and 10 hours uh, studying. And he said he's felt the change. So ever since then, I've been like, well, if I'm preparing to preach, I better be praying. So there's also another, this is random, but there's also another quote that I really like. It's in a book um, talking about spirit-led preaching or something like that. And it says that uh, we may be able to change somebody's mind for a moment, but only the spirit of God can change somebody's heart for eternity. Mm. So, That's uh, yeah. Write that down, listener. Yeah. So if we, uh, in my preaching now, or I'm preparing for preaching, I still study. I don't want to like say that I don't study. I feel like I did, you know, put diligent effort towards studying, but I also understand that I can say a lot and say nothing at the same time. Uh, if I don't have the spirit of God work with me. So a lot of that's, a lot of that's praying. You also said something earlier today. There's, we were talking about something completely different, but you said something like, if we are planning more than we're praying, then who are we really relying on? Yeah. So like, yeah, that kind of applies now. Same thing for preaching. Yeah. So that was, that was good. How are you feeling leading up to Friday? Uh, nervous. nervous, nervous as always. Nervous. You know, I actually, uh, 
I was talking to my dad about this recently. So my dad, my dad's a pastor. Uh, he's been preaching for. Oh my gosh, mine too. 10 to f- <laughs> he's been preaching for like ten to fifteen years, something like that. And I was telling him about how I like I love preaching, but I really don't like like public speaking. And so uh, he told me though, after ten to fifteen years, he's the same way. He still gets super nervous. And I was I'm a lot like my dad, so I was like, thanks for that. But yeah, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling nervous, but I'm feeling excited. I feel like I have something worth like. I feel like I've found something worth saying. Not mm. like I have something worth saying, you but in the scripture, I yeah. found something worth saying. Well, the people I've talked to who will be at this event are very excited to hear you preach. Mm. A lot of them haven't heard you preach. How many times have you preached? I don't it's less than 10, more than, than five, ten. somewhere okay. in that range. We're going to say eight and a eight. half. Yeah, six, seven probably is more like it, okay. but yeah. That's cool. So we do a lot on this podcast. We talked about how Cody and I came up with a big list of insecurities and fears that pastors young pastors may have and two that came from like the pre under like a preaching category uh the two questions or two insecurities or fears were what if i'm never never what if i'll never be able to preach like him meaning like the pastor you grew up listening to and the other one is what if i can't teach so we're going to try to address both of those today Mm -hmm. so the first one we're going to be what if i'll never what if i'll never be able to preach like him Yeah, that goes, so when we were thinking about that, Noah actually was thinking about uh, pastors he's personally heard preach. Yeah, I think all the time when I listen to some of the pastors I know personally, like uh, David Platt or Colby Gorman or Jared Huntley, like anytime I hear any of those three guys preach, I sit there and I'm like, man, this is so good. And man, I'm never going to be able to preach a sermon like these guys just preached, Uh, like probably put together in two days. But I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to do that like they're doing. Yeah, particular, they're particularly gifted. Yeah, my mind immediately went to, like, celebrity pastors, you know, like Platt, Chandler. Uh, I, I went to Imago Day for two years, so I think about, like, Tony Morita, you know, guys that are, like, known for, for their good preaching. Uh, so there's there's definitely a danger in comparing yourself to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we all, like, we can say there's a danger, and there is, but we oftentimes find ourselves comparing ourselves to them. Yeah whether we like it or not. Yeah. I was talking to a pastor two weeks ago, something like that. And they were saying how when they listen to young guys preach, they can tell who their preaching uh, heroes are because that's how they preach. Oh, yeah. They, like, just mimic them. And like, he was saying how he doesn't like it. He tells the guys, stop it. Just be yeah. yourself. Like, preach yeah. how you preach, not how Chandler, Platt, or... Keller's preaching. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. They actually say that, uh, I remember them saying this a lot uh, in my preaching classes, but they say the more that you preach, the more your personality begins to come out in your preaching because you're starting to feel a little bit more comfortable doing it, you start to own it, and yourself comes out, you know? So, um, yeah, I feel like there's a need to uh, sometimes, like, uh, the insecurity of, like, man, I'll never be a great preacher is actually a symptom of pride. You know, because it's like uh, it the it's it's almost thinking this all relies on me. Ooh. If I don't communicate this effectively, then uh, people aren't going to get saved. Mm. Well, is it you that saves, or is it the Spirit of God that saves? Ooh. You know. Ooh. So uh, if you if you're faithful to the text, so say you know whatever you're preaching on, if you preach what's there, expositional preaching, you expose what's there then the Spirit of God does His work. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go into it dry, you don't have any sort of like desire to be preaching it or anything like that, 
then there's going to be some, other, you know, we got some other issues there. But if you're going into it with a prayerful heart of Lord, speak, understanding that you yourself may be a poor communicator, maybe not even a poor communicator, just not as great a communicator as guys like Platt or Chandler or somebody like that, uh, understanding that it is the Spirit of God that, that does that work. That's not you. So, yeah, preaching is, I feel like a lot of the time when I think about preaching, I think more of the spiritual side of it and I get lost in the fact, oh, I actually have to stand up in front of people and talk and like explain yeah. and teach yeah. people things. So that is like, this is like, a, I don't know, maybe that's just me and more people uh, find that part of preaching more uh, nerve wracking. What part? Yeah. This is like a person, this is side qu- sidebar. What part do you struggle more with when you're preaching like the, oh man, I guess like the public speaking aspect of it or like the teaching spiritual Bible aspect of it. Oh, teaching spiritual Bible aspect of it. I, I get super nervous about the public speaking aspect, but uh, the fact that I could get up there and say something wrong about the Bible freaks me out. Yeah. It scares me. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not really, I'm comfortable in front of people. So I, mm-hmm. public speaking is not like a huge thing that I feel nervous or insecure about. But the, that, especially like growing up as a, with a pastor for a dad, like you see people write some emails and just you walk in oh, some yeah. meetings and they're just like, you did this wrong, blah, 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 blah. Oh, like yeah. going into them and you're like, that does not sound like fun and not something I really, I want to be a part of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually remember the, one of the first times that I preached, I was given a text and I was like, okay, cool. And I, uh, uh, early on I went to, because like early on when I started preaching, I, uh, which again, I've preached less than 10 times, but I ran to the commentaries before I actually did any work in the text, which you should not do. But, uh, the commentaries were like, yeah, this is one of the hardest passages, passages in the Bible. There's a lot of like interpretation around this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, great. So, you know, like just a lot of like fear there of like, what if I say the wrong thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it goes back to what you were saying. Like, it's not, it's on you a little bit, but it's like, you're not going to say anything that causes people to change this. You're going to say something and the spirit's going to work in those people. And that's going to, uh, spark a fire in them to make a change yeah there's there's power in the ordinary um you know like uh we we are used because we live in an internet culture we have access to all these extraordinary uh preachers but i mean a big aspect of preaching is knowing who you're preaching to like just being a a local pastor knowing the people and then being able to say specifically to them how the word of god applies we were we were just at the sbcv convention in hampton roads virginia and we were having lunch with a bunch of pastors and they were talking about preaching at like guest preaching at other churches. Yeah, yeah. And that was their thing. They were like, it's so hard to yeah, preach. You don't know what's going on. Man. Cause you don't know what's going on. You don't know what you should say, how best to preach to them. Like you don't know what to say. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what the state of the church is. And they were talking about specifically like when the, the lead pastor of the church kind of says, yeah, you can preach on whatever. Like, go ahead. They're like, that's scarier. It's even worse. <laughs> like, they're like, you just tell me what to preach, and I'll preach that. Yeah. Then giving them a blank canvas. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I don't think I would have guessed that unless they said it and explained why, which made sense afterwards. But I was still like, wow, that is. I don't think I would have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because one of the guys was like, yeah, I just got asked to preach, and they told me I can preach whatever I want, and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 Well, I felt that way because you gave me a broad topic. I, I kind of, like, I gave you a suggestion though. I was like, you should preach on this. 
Like I give you, I like you like, should do nah, this. Nah, I'm passage. good. I'm gonna preach on this. Yes, yeah, so don't blame me for that. <laughs> hey, but you approved it though. You approved I did. it, I know. so it worked out. Yeah, it, it worked, worked out. out. All right, so I'll never be able to preach like him. Understand, there's it's the spirit of God that works. There's power in the ordinary, uh, and yeah, and you have unique gifts and experiences that they don't have that allow you to be able to preach to the congregation that God's given you. Yeah. So uh, that's okay. So what about the next one? The next if, one is what if I can't preach? What if I can't preach? What if I can't teach? Yeah, that is. I feel like that's a scary question that some of us have to ask. Like, uh yeah, it's nuanced. It's nuanced. I, uh, we were talking about this ahead of time, and there's more. There's my mind goes to so many different things when I think about this. Like, what if I can't preach? Number one, there's like a practical aspect of. Um, while there is the spiritual aspect of we need to preach uh, under the influence of the Spirit and we need to be praying, there's also just a practical, like, preaching is a craft, and you can learn how to preach and get better at preaching um, in, in ways that you could with, with other crafts. So, like, uh, like I, was, I was telling Noah, actually, before we started recording this, um, I took a hermeneutics class at Southeastern, um, and loved it. Professor is probably my favorite professor that I had at, at uh, school. And, uh, but afterwards, I felt like I could really show like what was going on in the Bible and know what was going on in the Bible. But I couldn't, I felt like I didn't know how to preach. And then I went and took a class on preaching and it changed the game for me. Like I preached a couple of times between those two classes and they were miserable. They were terrible. And then I preached a couple of times after I took the preaching class and I'm not going to say they were great, but they were way better than what I preached before. Um, so sometimes it's just simply learning how to preach, mm-hmm. like learning how to set up a sermon, because it's not a dump truck of information that you're just no. unloading. It's a, it's a, you know, you're not preaching for information, you're preaching for transformation. So mm. you're trying Ooh. to say something with it, you know? Did you so, make that up? I did not make that up. I, I did not make that up. It was too clever. Yeah, nah, nah. A lot of the stuff that I say, I've just learned from other people. I think that's both of us. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm kind of surprised sure. they gave us our own podcast. <laughs> it's a product of being young, yeah. but it's all right. It means we're soaking up something. So, but yeah, the when I think of like, what if I can't teach? Well, maybe you're like, you're in. Maybe you can't be that number one guy. Maybe you need. Yeah, to, sometimes that's okay. You may it, not be able to it preach. It is okay. Yeah, first facts. There's I've heard some preachers and they probably should not have been preaching. <laughs> yeah. no shade yeah. no shade on anybody but i was yeah like maybe the, you i think of it like this if you can't teach if you don't have that ability like god give if god didn't give you the gift of teaching and preaching he probably gave you a gift somewhere else you just gotta go find it yeah and then that's what you need to be focusing your energy on you don't want to you don't want to try to be something that you aren't because that's what you want to be you got to be what god has made you to be and thrive in that because ultimately he knows better than you know so you gotta trust him and not yourself yeah some people are gonna think i'm a dummy for saying this oh go ahead i'm excited <laughs> I mark, mark Dever might have my head but uh if he listens to our uh, podcast i don't care if he's yeah, coming at surprised. us that'd be funny but people who people who follow mark Dever might have my head for this but mm-hmm. uh you know uh pre I, I don't i don't say this to undermine preaching preaching is a very big deal oh, but what are you it's say? pastoral ministry a lot of pastoring is just being with people throughout the week. Mm. And so uh, understand, like, if you can't preach, that's, some people say preaching is 90% of the ministry. I don't think that's true. I think it's a relatively small portion. I mean, not small, but 
It's, Let's think it's of it not like a this. Big portion you take of forty-five minutes. You're preaching for forty-five minutes. Yeah. A week. There is. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how many hours are in a week. Uh-huh. But forty-five There's minutes. One hundred twenty-four hours in a week, I think. Sure. Yeah. I think. Forty-five minutes is a very small portion of that. I yeah. think there's a difference between preachers and pastors too, like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pastors, that job description is long, and preaching is just like you're saying, there's a tiny part of it. Where preachers, they just kind of preach. Yeah. I mean, I I think about uh, pastors that I've had in the past, and the most impact they've had on me is not on a Sunday morning service. Mm-mm. It's when I've been with them one on one or in mm-hmm. a group or whatever it is, and actually like just living with them and yeah. doing things with them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And then every once in a while they say something like, Ooh, that was yeah. good on the yeah, 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 yeah. We also too so uh maybe we're not unique in this. I feel like we're a smaller section probably within the evangelical Christian world, but we like Noah and I both have been embedded with the DNA of you plant in twos, you plant mm-hmm. in partners. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are like, I'm going out and planting by myself, yeah, if you can't preach then you know you're, you're gonna in, feel a little bit a little bit in you know? trouble. But if you're going out and preaching in twos not everybody can be the preaching guy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, nor should every, everybody be, be the preaching guy. Uh, it's okay to go out and be the, hey, I'm just going to be like the discipleship guy or whatever it is. Uh, that's, that's sometimes why, pre- or that's why we believe preaching in twos is great. Mutual encouragement, but you also get to um, help back up each other where, where one person's strong, the other person's weak, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, it's like we're saying... Uh like what we were saying earlier, you might not be that number one guy. You might be that number two guy. And, and that's, you just, it's okay. Not only is it okay, it's probably good. Yeah. Because you didn't choose to be the number two guy. God chose you to be the number two it's guy. true. Ah, that's good. That's so good. maybe you should listen to God. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. It might yeah, be a definitely good idea. It might be a God. good idea. Yeah, actually, I was just talking to somebody. I said recently. It was back in June. But I was talking to somebody who was like, we actually need more. Uh, we need more number two guys. Uh, he specifically was saying we need more executive pastors like to go out with planters, but whatever that is, we need more guys who are going to help uh, do other things other than preaching. Just because, again, a lot of pastoral ministry is nitty gritty, down in the dirt with people, not yeah. the glorious forty-five minutes on a Sunday morning, getting getting to show the text. Then, yeah. so I think of somebody who's done this really well is Ted. Ted. Oh yeah. Ted. I mean, shout out Ted. He, uh, Fantastic guy. He was a lead pastor somewhere, and he was leading his church to merge with this other church so that they were kind of not in a good situation. He was like, I think we should do this. And his church took a vote, and they, like, they voted the opposite they shot way him down. Yeah. by like one vote. And mm-hmm. so Ted, the next day, he's like, well, I'm resigning then, and went to go be with this other church. And at this other church, they were going to, come into Pillar Dumfries and then launch out as another church. And that meant he was going to have to be the number two guy. Mm-hmm. And every time we hear a report from them, it's Ted is such a gift. Like Ted is thriving. Ted is. Can we, can we talk to like, so Ted pastored with Ted Tripp, who's Paul David Tripp's brother was like involved with Paul David Tripp. Ted's older than the lead guy, you know, Mike, uh, but by, by a good amount, uh, like, Every, every Ted has everything going for him to be the number one guy. Yeah, uh, but he he's said, thriving as the number yeah, two he guy. He said, "I'll be the number two guy," and wow. Like, I mean, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. The amount of humility 
that he displays and just that little simple act of being taking that step back and being the number two guy was incredible so yeah he's actually i remember mike even said like so ted preaches i think once a month down there Mm -hmm. and mike mike said that ted like often asks like hey if you want to preach more like you can like ted recognizes i i'd just rather with like i'm fine with just being with people and not having to have the pulpit on sunday morning And, and that's Ted's sweets, but that's like a spiritual gift. Being exactly. With, but being that's, with people. That's a lot of people's spiritual gifts. So don't feel like you're forced to have to go into preaching mm-hmm. just because it's like what you're supposed to do. I, I, my suggestion is, and this, you know, this is a whole different conversation, but go plant with a partner who can preach and then your gifts can, can complement one another. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's have a little bit of fun before we end. Do you remember the, like your favorite sermon you've ever heard or the best Ooh. sermon you've ever heard? Not counting either one of our dads. <laughs> Man, the best sermon I've ever heard. Man, now that you put me on the spot, I probably won't. My first thought is uh, I really enjoyed uh, the sermon that's entitled God is for God by Matt Chandler. He preached it at Elevation uh, or at like a revival they were doing at the beginning of the year. I, Tim Challies uh, has like a backup video on like why like giving some context to the sermon and why it was so impactful. So I watched that and then watched the sermon. And uh, honestly, it just made it stick out of my head so much. So, but I wasn't there in person for that. But it's a, it was a really good sermon. Yeah. What about you? Me? I remember it. It was, so <laughs> I was at a McLean Bible campus like a week after I got saved. So I got saved on like a Saturday, Sunday night. And so the next week I'm sitting at a McLean campus David Platt is preaching. He's not even in the building. He's just on the screen. And I don't know if it was like the combination of the first time hearing the gospel, like with a new spirit in me, but, or maybe it was just David bringing the word hard mm, that day. Mm. But I would just remember sitting there like, this is the best sermon I've ever heard. Mm. And I grew up in like church, so I've heard a ton of sermons, but it was still like, whoa. Yeah. I can't even, he was. I don't even remember what he was preaching on. It was just so good. It was just the gospel was so clear and powerful. And I was just like, wow, this is the best sermon I've ever heard. I was not- like sitting in a bar. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah. Not to not to make this go on longer, but I actually just remember the, the best sermon I've ever heard. There's two of them. It was actually is by Artazertia, who is not in pastoral ministry anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but he preached at Southeastern and he had two, it was like, it's supposed to be a lecture, but they were two fantastic sermons. And uh, best sermons I've ever heard in my life. Unfortunately, after he was no longer in pastoral ministry, Southeastern took him off their website. And I wish I had downloaded them beforehand because they were great. But I remember at one point he was actually, he was talking about preaching. And he, he said something about like, my friend, you are not something. You're merely the butler talking about like serving up whatever mm. supposed to supposed to be there. And the, uh, oh my gosh, I remember hearing that and being like, you know, like mind blown. So nice. yeah, yeah, they were great fantastic sermons well thank you for listening to the church planning podcast we hope uh we hope you join us next week as we talk about something else related to next gen church planning all right see you guys later for those of you who are interested in military church planting i want to tell you about a book that we've put out called the praetorian project multiplying the gospel through military church planting and this is a simple read it's just got 10 chapters and it's about the unfolding of the praetorian project and sort of our ethos of ministry the praetorian project is a really simple strategy to spread the gospel around the globe on the backs of u.s service members it's so simple actually that it's hard to even call it a strategy 
And we want to see men and women in the U.S. military become faithful, committed followers of Jesus, and then to use their careers to spread the gospel around the world to organize and form new congregations. In short, we're aiming to plant a network of gospel-loving churches in military communities worldwide. If that resonates with you and you want to know something more about that, check out our book, Praetorian Project, Multiplying the Gospel Through Church Planting. You can find it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Thank you for listening to the Church Planting Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Today's episode of the Church Planting Podcast is sponsored by New City Network. Josh Taransky produced today's show. Nick Bastian was our editor. Thanks to Hayden Taransky, who provided administrative and web support for the program. And last but not least, thanks to you for listening through to the very end of the Church Planting Podcast. If you'd like more information about the show, feel free to visit our website, www.churchplantingpodcast.org. There you can find all of our past episodes as well as notes and links from today's show. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Church Planting Podcast.